Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast as we reflect and react on a rare opening day result for Norwich and research the reality of a reunion with Russ. I'm joined by Claire, Fion and John to review what happened on Saturday and look ahead to Saturday. Claire, who do you want to really single out for some praise? Um, I was really, really pleased with the way that Jack Stacey looked. I think, you know, he's obviously got a tough act to follow with Max being such a legend for us, but he actually played so well that I didn't miss Max at all and almost preferred, dare I say it, Jack Stacey on the right. Wow. Um, and I'm although the news today about Max possibly going to Leeds is quite disgusting. However, I, I think <laughs> I, I think we've got a very ready and able replacement already on the pitch. Um, it was really refreshing to see the crosses going in really early rather than kind of cutting back, going in again. Jack Stacey just got there and crossed the ball in. Um, and I think that added, added bit of height that he has as well is really positive. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was very, very, very good. In fact, I voted for him as the man of the match. Although, obviously, Johnny Rowe was brilliant, but I did vote for Jack Stacey as man of the match. So, yes, definitely him. Yeah. I, I, how much, Fionn, do you think uh, it's a case of Max was so drilled into him that you get to the edge of the box and then you look for a short pass, as opposed to Jack Stacey, who's never been played Fark ball, who maybe was easier, therefore, to, to get. So, maybe do you think maybe that's coaching or do you think that's Stacey's way? Um, I think they're kind of different players and that I really noticed on Saturday, Jack Stacey has a really good burst of pace. There are a few times where he was sprinting ball, sprinting after balls that, you know, last season I'd have thought we're never getting to that. That's gone for a goal kick. Um, and, and yet he made it. Um, so I was really impressed with that. And um, yeah, I mean, the whole team really, I thought, looked a lot fitter than last season. Um, but yeah, certainly Stacey's fitness and intensity um, kept going for the whole game. And yeah, it's, maybe he's got that bit more freedom um, that that he can sort of play that way and, and there isn't some kind of invisible line to go to. Um, yeah, he was definitely one of the players I was most impressed with uh, on Saturday. And um, yeah, it just adds a bit of a different dimension, doesn't it? It's interesting. Is he? Is there anyone else that you would pick out alongside him, Fionn? Yeah, I mean, it's Johnny Rowe has to be um, the the main one, especially first half. Um, I mean, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen much of preseason, so I hadn't seen much of him then. Um, but he, he just really stood out, didn't he? Absolutely terrified Hull. Um, the the one where he hit the post early on, yeah, uh, showed his confidence, and then the goal. I mean, he just I had the best view of it, right foot behind it in the Barkley, and yes. Just to see a player do that, have the confidence to do that at that age, um, and yeah, I loved his loved his whole attitude to the game. Um, he was he was confident. He was taking players on. He was tracking back really well. Um, yeah, just absolute star of the show, really. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. What about you, punt? Um, two 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 obvious ones taken that are both you know obvious but very correct. I think there is one more that deserves a shout out. See if you go the same place as me. Yeah, I'm going to go the same place as you. It's Dimi Anoulis. He there was go, absolutely fabulous. Like I reckon probably the best game he's had in a Norwich City shirt, yeah, maybe good. since like early stages of, of when he joined the club and he looked so promising. But I think something that Fionn just said there, you know, he looked physically way fitter than he ever has for Norwich before. He looked like he had license to kind of 
burst through the lines and, and then just feed wingers quickly. And it didn't matter, you know, he got the assist for the first goal because it was a quick and clever ball to, to row. But actually, when he stepped out several times, he was looking for, you know, kind of Hernandez or a creative midfielder. He just looked like, and I know this is potentially like, you know, Wagner ball and, and the way in which he plays, but he looked like the the attacking fullback, you know, the, the kind of bombing on the, exactly what we needed and was perfectly complemented by Jack Stacey, who looks a bit stronger, looks a bit more resolute, um, but at the same time, you know, they both offered massive outlets for us. And it's exactly what we need, you know, kind of it and I thought it was interesting that both of them, you know, Stacey and Yunus were getting forward, were putting crosses into the box really early. Um, because we've just got two not necessarily lumps in there, you know, they're a bit more considered than that, but two players who can get on the end of things. Sergeant nearly got himself an excellent head of goal. Barnes had one that, that flashed over. And it, it just felt like, all right, we're getting or we're seeing the semblance of what a Wagner side should look like and we didn't get that for 11 of the last games last season well we I'd say I was trying to be positive before um the season and I was trying to be positive on our kickoff pod um but it was a little bit more in in hope than expectation Uh, to your point on Wagner ball and that being the way Wagner wants to play uh you know the chap that sit next sex next to me um just kept saying throughout the first half can't believe how many of these are the same players, and, and that was kind of the case. I mean, it it really was. It was the it was the the logical way with which we went about our business, prog- really progressively and forcefully and aggressive, but controlled aggression. Um, one thing I want to pick up on what you said, Fiona, about the way that Johnny Rowe played the game um, is it, going to team me up with someone who is kind of in my next tier down of. Um, deserves much praise um, and, and we'll kind of kick off a talk about the other new boys now, Claire. Did you spot during the uh, celebrations of Rose equalising goal um, the fact that he was maybe milking uh, the applause a bit too much? Nearly everyone else was back and ready to, to get going and it was Ashley Barnes who uh, uh, whose smile completely went and he properly volleyed some abuse at row to get back because actually it's not half time yet and we've got a game to get on with and I thought yes please that's exactly what Wagner thought he signed with him yeah I didn't see that um but yeah that that's that's good um I, I don't blame Johnny Rowe for milking it because it's been a long hard road for him to get there obviously he was out most of last season injured and I think he's had to do a lot of hard work off the pitch to get back to where he is and to come back so brilliantly you can't blame him but yes, absolutely. Uh, there was a lot of criticism for the players that we signed for being old, but I think that's absolutely what we needed. Just the experience, some leaders and, you know, Barnes has been around the block and he's a, he's a winner as well. He's just come from a team that absolutely smashed the, the championship last season. So he knows exactly what's needed, keeping those young kids feet on the ground as well. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. I didn't. I didn't see that. I'll have to watch it back again now. But yeah, that's that's great. That's good to know. Yeah, and, and that was one of several things. And um, I mean, it's a. It's not necessarily a great person to compare him to. But the last time I saw a veteran in his first game be that much of a um, knowing and show that much experience around when things are going well, we still need to keep our, our heads and get on it. Was Naismith? He's the last person I saw tear strips off other people now 
Um, Punt, normally handsome, has just pulled a rather unattractive face when I've said that name. Um, and I get it. He didn't have a great period of time at, at the club. But I think that was, I think Barnes is similar to what we thought we'd signed when we signed Naismith, if you see what I mean. It is that guy who, as you say, has been around the block and has hundreds of league appearances, has seen through lots of games and knows how to manage situations. So, Fionn, tell me about Duffy, please. Yes, so uh, Duffy, I think what summed up Duffy's performance was, I think it was very, very near the end, possibly start of injury time. Uh, Hull sort of were, were on the halfway with a potential break on and Duffy just went in and took out their man on the halfway Chest line. tight. <laughs> Pretty much. And yes, he got booked for it, um, but that's fine. You know, it's sometimes you need to do that. Uh, and yeah, I thought he, I mean, obviously the the screw up for the goal was not good um that was that felt very last season Norwich um and he you know he was the the main culpable one for that um but other than that I thought he was really effective um I mean both him and Barnes you, you can tell are sort of leaders um the, you know both both spent the whole game sort of pointing and shouting at people and telling them where to go um in a good way and yeah I I was really impressed by Duffy and yeah, it's just nice to have someone who's willing to, to, to do that sort of thing when you need, when you need it at the end of a game to, to just take one for the team. Um, I think, I mean, and, it was, it was yeah. the fact that he did it so high up the pitch and, and basically you could see that he'd made the decision before it was Connolly, wasn't it? The little, little sort of number 44, little lad who came on with sort of 10 minutes to go. He made he made the decision clearly right. Well, this could develop into something, and that, you know it's two on two, and it, and you know they're going to have the adrenaline that they've got a chance to go and win it. Um, I, I'm just going to stop this before it starts, kind of thing. Um, but I, I I'm interested, punt on on your take. I left the game, or rather went into half time, cross with Gibson, not Duffy, for that mix up. Uh, to, to me, there was only one place that Duffy was going to go with that ball, and that was to pass it back to Gunn. Uh, and then Gibson crossed over and sort of wandered into his path. So, is, I mean, maybe I'm maybe I've bought my own worries about Gibson to that, and I've seen it through Gibson critic eyes. Um, what, what, what say you? Um, for, because my new seat is slightly further away than I'm used to, they just merged and became the same human at one point. So it just seemed like Duffy was very much a right side <laughs> of, of Gibson. <laughs> I'm quite far back in the Buckley Upper now. Uh, but then just, they just do like look yellow blur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. They maybe get the glasses changed, but they do look like similar humans from a distance. I guess is the point that I'm trying to make. So I didn't know originally who was culpable. I knew it was the per. I well, I perceived it as the person who passed it into the other person, which, as we now know, was Mr. Duffy. I, I completely blame Duffy. I, I yes, I think you're right that that was the the correct path to take in terms of going back to Angus Gunn. Did he need to go back in such a direct fashion like that? Probably not. Could Gibson go, have got out of the way? I'm I'm not so sure. Um, so you know he Wait. has to consider. Well, do I, do I take a different angle or do I just clear my lines because that pass isn't on? And, and I think you know if they develop as a partnership, and that's questionable given the fact that Omar Bamadeli came on and they didn't really seem to be any kind of knock that Gibson had taken. Um, you know, but if they do develop as a partnership, then that's the kind of thing that you would expect to be ironed out in time. Although we do say that a lot about Norwich City central defenders and that that doesn't seem to sort itself out. But that aside, and actually Delap's snapshot from, what is it, 25 yards where Angus made a you know absolutely tremendous save. Hell of a save. They didn't really trouble us, did they? You know, And, and defensively, we looked 
really, really sound and and we had a, a proper ability to keep them at arm's length. Now that is either because the you know the new first team coach Pelach has come in and, and had an amazing effect on our defensive duties, or Hull were a bit shit. And I guess time will tell on that because I think Hull were a bit shit, and so maybe it's a little bit or a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, on that, just a final point on on the goal um, that we conceded. I think that it was obvious where Duffy had to go with the ball before Gibson decided to leave his left central, the centre back role, and decide to start wandering across. So, I, but I think you know, I think Gibson has to cover that just in case Duffy doesn't make it. It's almost like he's trying to snuff out stuff well, before it happens. We won. Doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, and, and, and hope and hopefully, as you say, we put it down to. Oh, do you remember when when we didn't know what was going on centre back? I, I I think there were other. I on I think that, that that Gibson was the only person to come out of the of Saturday with um with more of a negative report than a positive one. Personally, I think I think he he did look suspect a few times, and I think Wagner agreed. Otherwise, why on earth do, do you take him off from Avamadeli? Like if you're looking to try and cement a centre back partnership as many minutes as possible and to experience either holding on to a draw or eventually getting a win is what you want you know you want to have as an experience for the two centre backs but we shall see with with who starts on Saturday so um Claire com- coming back to you on the uh you know the new the new era of Wagner I actually thought that there was several instances where we we kind of played the same pattern of play um repetitively you know and and no 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 more time was that clear than in the kind of middle 20 minutes of the first half when Sarah, I think, had something like nine key passes leading to a, a shot on goal. Um, and everything seemed to go through him, but not in a, we're completely reliant on him, we don't know what to do. More in a, we've been told to get the ball to Gabby and we are going to keep stretching play. And Dimmy was great at this, to make sure there's enough room for him to, to come and receive the ball. Um, so yeah, I think maybe a word on just how great Gabby was. Oh, obviously he's great. Um, yeah, he's he's head and shoulders above many, many players in the championship. And I think he's going to become more apparently a, a fantastic player as the season goes on because now the players around him in our team are better. We've got the right pl- people in the right places. They've had the whole pre-season to be educated on exactly what they are required to do, um, which we didn't have last season. And I think Wagner himself mentioned that, that having a whole pre-season rather than coming in mid-season and having to try and get his points across and then also having to worry about the game at the weekend, it didn't give him the time necessary to for the players to really get a grip to, get to grips with it. Whereas now they have, um, we've also kind of got rid of the players that weren't suited to the the way that he wanted to play and brought in the players that are. Um, so all the players around Gabby are now much, much better and they will sort of obviously try and get the ball to him. But the whole team now works as a, seemingly, we've had one game and we don't want to get carried away, but it works as a whole system now. Um, whereas probably last season, we were just trying to get the ball to Gabby because we were just relying on him to do something with it whereas now I think we're all capable the whole team is capable of doing something with it but he is clearly going to be our sort of center point that we're going to look for and and let's hope he stays fit and can continue in that way so Fion the the other new boy that got some minutes at the end um our new Swiss hero um 
he seemed one quite tall for a wide player that sort of seeing him in the flesh unlike john i am within distance where i can make out individual human beings from my seat um two he looked technically really good but he he did he did seem rustier than everyone else like he he didn't seem to click in quite as well and there was a couple of times when there was kind of give and go situations with stacy where they didn't really seem to be on the same page surely the hope is that he's the long term first starter in, instead of Hernandez? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I mean, obviously, he's come in later than everyone else. Sort of, he, he only joined midway through the trip to Austria, didn't he? So he's not he's not had as much time or familiarity with everyone. Um, yeah, I thought he looked good when he came on. Um, and yeah, Anel had a, had a pretty quiet game, really, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I think that position is up for grabs, really. Um, but yeah, I was, I was impressed by Fasnacht. He's got really good feet um a couple of times he he sort of moved past players really really nicely and uh yeah it'll be interesting to see uh on Saturday what we do in in that position and that final final point then John to you on Saturday's game I mentioned that the height that that he gives us on on the wing we seem a bigger team I mean we, we you know all of the changes from this season to last season we've gone up you know five six inches in each in each one of them and every set piece I mean, I know there was a couple where there was, it was slight miscue. Like there was one really nicely worked one where if only the header back had have been, you know, accurate, it, it could have caused mayhem. We looked at, I mean, and again, it's only Hull. They could end up being relegation fodder. We're not sure yet. But I, I, don't, I don't remember us looking quite so threatening from set pieces for many a long year. Yeah, and I think some of that comes down to delivery as well. And there was, and I said, this is actually a, a point that I wanted to make around the whole the whole show, you know, the the whole what Norwich City are now is there was variance in what we were trying to do. So tactically, I thought we were really flexible on Saturday. We could go long, we could go direct, we could run with the ball. Gabby Sarah could play, you know, kind of an angled through ball, you know, as per Hernandez's chance that he, he kind of tried to round the keeper and then and then didn't quite execute. And that was the same for set pieces. You know, there was a, I think there was one maybe that was played short and or to the edge of the box and then chipped, you know, kind of to, to the far post. There was others that were fizzed in. Nunez, you know, kind of at the end, or right, he didn't get his corner quite right, but then actually it was a pretty decent delivery into the box, which then ended up at Ida's feet and, and then he, he popped in. It felt like we were more coherent in that regard and we were less predictable. And I think that was the, the main issue that I had with Norwich City under Smith and Wagner, to be fair, we were completely predictable and it was very easy for for people to work out how to nullify us. And I actually thought ahead of this season, you know, I, as, as the last pod kind of bears out, I felt like Wagner was a busted flush in terms of his management. And I, I felt like people could really work out what he was trying to do quite easily. But if we play like that every week where we're not predictable and it is... You know, there's a real difference in the way in which we attack, depending on which individual picks up the ball or, you know, our trigger movements or whatever it might be. Brilliant. And what I would also say is we executed the press really well on Saturday. And that's going to be so important in a Wagner team that you could just tell Sargent and Barnes when they went, they knew exactly when to go. And then the next player knew the next movement <laughs> after that. And the next player, it was, it felt like it was planned and it wasn't, you know, we immediately when we started winning games like 4-2 and 3-0 under Wagner or whatever it was, um, it was beautifully chaotic, you know, for a couple of games. It wasn't chaos mm. on Saturday. It was no, it was no, well-organised right. and well-coached. Yeah, t- twice in 
relatively short succession, uh, we um, isolated a a whole midfielder with four shirts around them in a diamond getting closer and closer and closer to the point where they had no no one one ended up just knocking a hopeful ball that went out for a throw and then the other time they passed it straight to, to Kenny and it was because we sort of a, a double pincer movement that we'd managed to to work away in it it looked so controlled and again <laughs> Hull might lose 7-0 to everyone else all season we don't know but I mean it's just so reassuring that almost to almost to the to the syllable everything we asked to see um, took place, and and it, you know it's as reassuring as it can be. So we've got a test in theory coming up on Saturday because again they've only played one league game. Very odd result last night. A sort of semi-strong uh, lineup for Southampton got knocked out of the cup by Gillingham. They were three nil until three nil down until the last minute, um, and some last year Premier League regulars were in that team. Um, although there were there are a few changes made, um, so. Claire, are you uh, are you travelling with hope, expectation? Uh, you know, w- what's your feelings around going to see our RX Norfolk Cafu's new team? Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting test. They obviously had what was it nine hundred and something passes on Saturday, broke records, which is quite incredible. But they were playing a very poor team. It might work in our favour because I think we're going to be able to counter-attack really well this season. And I'm hoping that they may have all the possession in the world, but that we might actually come away with something from the game. Um, well, that was the first Swansea game, wasn't it? So the, so at, at, away at the Liberty, they had loads more possession than us, but we ended up with the win. But then yeah. it, it was a bit of a schooling in the Carrow Road game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a different team, though, isn't it? Our team, particularly, is not yeah, the team very much so, yeah. last yeah. season. So, you know, last season, I would have held absolutely no hope whatsoever. <laughs> but now, after seeing Saturday, I think we've got the, the team, the tactics, the players that can, could go away and, and get something from it. Um, they're going to lose Ward-Prowse, it looks like. I think he's off to West Ham as of today, hopefully. So he won't be playing. So that will help us. Um as well so yeah I don't know I mean I think they 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 looked amazing in the first half against Sheffield Wednesday not so much in the second half and I don't think they're gonna have it that easy because I think the team they were playing was very poor they've obviously only they were two leagues apart last season um so you've got to factor that in as well um I think it'll be a lot a lot harder test for Southampton against us on a Saturday I hope yeah, and, and they haven't, um, I was hopeful that they wouldn't, you know, have like a 5-6-0 drubbing of Gillingham, which you, you know, you've, you've seen yeah. plenty of times when a lower league opposition is is, is rolled over by a, a recently relegated championship team, um, because that would have just meant extra confidence on top of the, you know, the, yeah. the win well, on like, fact, the weekend. They actually, they actually got, he was really unhappy with them last night and he's kind of slated them a little bit already saying, you know, these are Premier League players or they think they are, you know, they've got a behaviour. Yeah. Like I was like, blimey, in the second game, that's pretty strong words. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, um, it's a really interesting situation there because of the, uh, he, he's in a kind of win or win or that's it, see you later kind of position. He knows that. He will never have had, I mean, they said it in the commentary, um, um, in the part of the game that I saw at the weekend, 
you know, he's never obviously had the the scrutiny on a position that he's had. He's always been, he's always had the fallback of having got any money. I'm losing all my best players. Yes, okay, you can argue he's going to lose his best players this season. However, he he started a, a game away with Shea Adams up front. Um, you know, you, you would expect goals against Juningham with, 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 you know, Stuart Armstrong in field, you know, <laughs> Alex McCarthy in, in goal. I mean, that, that's a really strong lineup. So it's interesting how, how he's going to choose to kind of play that. Um, Fionn, what say you on Saturday? Are, are you um, are you confident that we can go and um, you know replicate the kind of strong performance we had on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think I certainly think that Southampton result last night has helped us because um, yeah, the, the, there's going to be a bit of a bit of rattledness now. Um, they're going to have the pressure of a home crowd. Um, yeah, I, th- I think just. If we if we go into it, if we start strong, do the same sort of intense pressing as as far as we can, um, you know, rest- restrict them from just you know passing it around for ninety minutes. Um, and I think I think we're we're far more capable of that than than Sheffield Wednesday were. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really it's I think it's a really good game to have this early in the season. Um, so sort of as a test of that. Um, uh, and yeah, certainly it looks like Ward Prowse will be gone by then. Um, and again, that's that's something that's that's unsettling for them, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it will be, I think it will be a good contest. Um, and I would probably take a point now, uh, but I think that would be a that would be a pretty strong away point if we got it. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I understand what you're saying in terms of it looks like a really strong away point at the moment. Once we're two 0 up inside ten minutes, you might not take a point, but. Um, Pun. I think the start is really important because to to um, you know to Fionn's point about it being a home crowd, it's the first time they've got an opportunity to see them competitively. They've obviously gone away and then away in the league. Um, last time, uh, I mean, I remember seeing on match of the day the the highlights of their last uh, game. You know, with all the empty seats at the start of the game, let alone by the end, they've seen a lot of losing. Um, and therefore, if they if we could Im- impose a bit of up and at them, sargy bargy early doors, uh, to coin a phrase from our friends Gorham and, and Butler on Daily on the radio, um, you know, if we could get a fast start and, and even even if it's not a fast goal, just, you know, get up them and at them, maybe we can get the crowd on up a bit nervy a bit, a bit quickly. What say you? That's the thing that really surprised me about Saturday, actually, is how quickly the crowd bought into what Norwich were doing. And, and all right, it, it did involve a tremendous 45-minute performance, from, you know, how we were 1-0 down, when we were 1-0 down, and the, fa- the fact that we recovered. But actually, how good did it feel? I know I'm supposed to be talking about the weekend's game rather than the weekend just gone, but how good good did it feel that it felt like Carrow was a united place again and yeah. it didn't actually take that much to repair some of the damage. So, yeah, I think you're right, you know, in terms of actually answering your question, get into them early, don't let them settle into a rhythm. The only thing that I would say about Russell Martin side, and, you know, I've watched plenty of his teams now, is that they seem to be really good in possession. They seem to be really good in terms of retaining possession. And whether it's because he hasn't had the the forward-thinking players at his disposal or whether... I don't know. Maybe it's the you know the the type of coach that he is. They've never really scored loads of goals. They've never been prolific. They never really look like they've created loads and loads of chances. And actually, you know, for, for the seventy minutes of that Sheffield Wednesday game that I watched, 
similar patterns were emerging. You know, it was excellent play, you know, kind of loads of really good interchange up until the final third. And then it wasn't clicking. So I think it is a brilliant time to play Russell Martin's Southampton team. If we can just, if we could keep it to nil-nil to half time, you know, it, I think that would be a massive result. I do think a draw would, would be a tremendous result for our morale. But I think it's really important to, especially the way in which we're set up, especially the fact that we've, signed experienced hardened professionals like let's rough them up a bit let's get into them let's not let them settle let's disrupt and i think if we can do that we've got a real chance of coming away with something um, yeah i mean I, I, also, I think the, oh, go on. i was going to say i'm really interested in claire's point i hadn't heard russell martin's comments post-match where he seems to be throwing players under the bus because that that seemed to be like the the criticism of farker almost early days when he, he was throwing players under the bus and like Russ doesn't strike me as that kind of bloke. So if that's going on dead early, you know, he does strike me as the kind of bloke who'd come out and resolutely defend his players. So I don't know, maybe that's some kind of red flag as well, that or he was just apoplectic that they'd just lost to Gillingham. Who knows? Yeah, but I think that the seasoned professional side of things will help us. Again, comparing it back to that Swansea kind of whitewash last season where it was too to your point around the chances it was too it could even you know a, a more efficient side up front more ruthless side up front we'd lost six nil that day I mean it really wasn't a competition mm. um I think we've now got the some 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 experienced heads heads to kind of look around at the others in the team and just go you can have 900 passes if you want it's nil nil mate don't care don't care how many passes you've got you know and I, I hope I expect that to be what the coaching staff are telling them um, all all week, and it's like we'll we will keep possession and we'll have possession when we are able to. But actually, don't dive in, don't jump forward. You know, I, that isn't that is an element that I think is 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 strong around that having having that season mentality around the team. So let's do some guarantees, Claire. Can I have a guaranteed scoreline for the weekend and a guaranteed Norwich scorer? I'm going to say one all. And Ashley Barnes is going to score it. Nice. Fionn? That was exactly what I was going to say. Oh, great. Well, that, is, that is double guaranteed, so there's no chance. Yeah, it, is, it is guaranteed now. And John? I think we're going to lose 2-0. I don't know oh. if you're going to score. I, I just... Ooh. I just think Saturday was so perfect that it wouldn't be Norwich if there wasn't a healthy dose of reality early on in the season. I see. I, hmm. Saturday first half was perfect. Saturday last minute and a half was perfect. There was 15 minutes where both teams just seemed to complete. Yes, we did look fitter to start with. But there was 15 minutes in the second half where both teams seemed to kind of go, quite hard, isn't it? Running up and down for an hour and a half. Like it, it wasn't really even slowed hot. down. Like if no, it's no, 25 no. degrees, you'd be like, fair enough. I think, it was, was like, I, think, or, or I think it was quite a high tempo first half, which we drove, which is great. Um, and and I do think that maybe if we are without the ball running around, that is something that we need to work on, you know, if we're not going to have the possession. But then, you know, we've had a whole week, you know, we haven't had to travel anywhere or do, do a League Cup game, which, which might it might help us. Um, so I think you're, you're bang on the money, Claire, in terms of, and, and Fionn, in terms of a score draw. I think it will be, um, I think it's going to be 2-2 though. And what I would really like is if that does that does play out, I would like a last minute Barnes equaliser. 
So, you know, because if we're going to draw, let's nick a late one and 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 kind of really twist the knife on, on them and, and come home happy. Um, we've got some listener questions, which we'd love to get to. So punt, choose the best one first. The best one first? Oh, I don't know. what the, I don't know if it's for me to judge what the best one is. Okay, let's, I'll tell you what, let's you start do. with the... <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Well, let's start with the first one um, that has come up on my phone. And this is from Mick Saunders on Twitter. And he asks, your choice, one option, A or B. A is promotion and five years in the Premier League, but playing defensive percentage football with constant infighting between the club, press and fans. (laughs) Sounds delightful. Or B, five years challenging for the playoffs or top two with exciting progressive football, great atmosphere and fan engagement. Um, Fionn, I think I know, I've got a feeling I know what your answer might be, but you know, kick us off. Yeah, it's, it's B for me, I have to say. Um, cause the, the Premier League's not, not that exciting, is it? When you, when you get in it and you sit there for ages and, and don't go up and don't go down. So it's B for me, a few Wembley trips. I mean, there's no mention of cup runs in there. I think, I think I'd need to know what the cup situation was as well. Uh, I, th- I think you know it's Norwich City. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, any advances on B? Oh no, a hundred percent B. Um, you know, I I go to watch my team play football and win games and and, and enjoy it. The Premier League is not the promised land at all so 100% B for me and I think seasoned listeners of this podcast will know exactly what Tom and I think of all that is definitely option B I'm talking for you Tom but I'm pretty sure it's option B for you as well mate isn't it yeah um so I will ask you next oh go Go on on. I was just gonna say the only the only thing I was gonna add to that is uh yes failing in the championship is as miserable as failing in the Premier League so I, I would almost take I, I I you know my usual thing of changing the question, um, I would go option C, which is uh, two of five being up there and challenging with three relatively boring um, kind of finishes like last season, it sprinkled in, in amongst it. You know I mean I I, I would I, having two really exciting near misses where we win more games than we lose for kind of two or three out of five, I would take over that, that Premier League existence of, you know, nothing again, unless there was an unbelievable FA Cup triumph thrown in. I'm going to come back to you on this next question, Tom, first, just because it's, it's about your boy. Um, But Phil, the Roman, the roaming Anglian on Twitter asks with the new formation and tactics in place, just how up shit Creek are we? If Kenny McLean gets injured, and are there any other championship clubs so reliant on a single, slightly above average player? That's full of trigger warnings, isn't it? That is a bait. Why do you think bait. I came to you, mate? Yeah, well, I actually thought Kenny had one of his worst games uh, for a while on, on Saturday. Uh, he didn't do anything that led to uh, you know a, a clear-cut chance, but just it, you know the wand wasn't quite in check and it wasn't quite... Um, clicking for him but he clearly was there when he needed to be in terms of the fact there wasn't any whole players parading through the middle um, you know too um, too often I, I don't know if we are completely reliant on him I think we're more reliant on Gabby Sara than him um, I, I do think we're reliant on him in that I don't think you could play I think it's McLean and Sara is going to be much better than Sara and Nunez or Sara and Gibbs 
Um, in terms of other other championship teams, I mean, we're about to see how reliant on Ward Prowse Southampton are. I mean, so if if they or were not, to have kept it's him, it's probably gone, mate. Well, no, that was no. That's my point. My point is, you've got you've got you've got a team there. Who? How long has he been there? Eight seasons? Is it something? You know, he has been integral to pretty much everything that's been good about that club for so long. He scored. You know, obviously penalties push it up, but with set pieces and all the rest of it, he has been so integral to them from a set piece delivery point of view, setting the tempo. So yeah, he he would be my answer, and we're about to see whether or not they can cope without him. Fion. Give me your views on on Kenneth. Uh, what was the question that, that if if he gets injured, what do we do? I think at that point we we play the Jakob Sorensen card, don't we? That's that's the answer. But to he's injured as well. Or, yeah, yeah, he's well, quite injured. They, they, I'm, I'm assuming they'll sort of te- they'll sort of plan their injuries to cross oh, over. Oh, excellent. Oh, I see. Brilliant. Okay, I, sorry, <laughs> I hadn't read the subtext of the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about the Liam Gibbs card as well? I think you know he's he's almost the most similar to Kenny I think in terms of the current crop of midfielders we've got but he just doesn't point enough like if he can if Kenny can coach him in terms of pointing then it might, uh, it the might arm be band, right. the armband the armband makes the point look even better yeah yeah I'm, I'm genuinely surprised he's been given the armband but there you go I'm not hey ho of course you're not Claire do you like Kenny McLean I do yes I'm not I'm not one of his critics he does point too much we will agree on that but yeah you can't point too much in football I mean I think the (laughs) fact that he's now had I don't know how many different managers and they all see something in him means that there is obviously something there that lots of fans don't see for whatever reason but I think when he got injured last season well yeah they're idiots but I didn't like to say that um I'll say it but I (laughs) <laughs> when he got injured last season I think we saw how important he was but I don't think he is integral to the success of this team in that if he doesn't play we will fail I think there were a lot you know there's a lot more around him this season um Gibbs can certainly step into that role as long as Sarah's fit as you said I think he is probably more integral to the success um, we've got a lot more leaders on the pitch now as well. I think the energy Kenny brings in terms of his personality is also something, not just the skill he has, but his actual sort of personality on the pitch. But I think we've got a few more of those characters on the pitch now. Um, so I love him, but I don't think we absolutely 100% need him on the pitch for every single game to get somewhere this season. I think you've just touched on the, the reason that he is picked by every manager is what he is as a human, what he is as an individual, rather than what he is as a footballer. Because he's he's perfectly competent as a lot of, a lot of things as a footballer, but he's not brilliant at anything, is he? Really, you know, kind of he's he's just jack of pointing. all, master of none. Yeah, no, well, he's not. He's yeah. not. He he is. He can progress the play brilliantly, and he does have like long balls. He is phenomenal at, and he he does spray some absolute beauties. He's and, all and, right. No, no, no. He's really good at it. I mean, he's not Ian Crook good at it, but he is really good at it. And when, to, to our points earlier on our fullbacks, if if, if Dimi and, and Stacey are going to have a hopefully very prolonged run in the side and, and both be really keen to get forward, when his radar is, you know, slightly more uh, up to speed, uh, then I think that could be really interesting way of, you know, being an additional way of attacking the opposition. It'll be interesting to see how he progresses throughout the season. I thought, you know, we've touched on it as well with Gibson. I thought him and Gibson were probably the weak links in the side at the weekend. But we know there's more to come, probably from both of them. And actually, 
Gibson's range of passing, you know, he play, played two or three. Yeah, beautiful crossfield balls. Yeah, he is. That is and one I of think, his skills. And I, and I think that's why he got the nod over on about Delhi. Yeah, like I think that's why on balance he gave it to him. But I, I would not be surprised at all to see Andy start on Saturday. Yeah, especially if you're talking about the likes of Armstrong, Shea Adams up front on Saturday, who are going to because, be a bit more dynamic and direct. Because I think if you had, um, I think if Gibson, if if Wagner was convinced on Gibson being due to have a long run in the game in the team, it would have been Gibson with the armband, not um, McLean. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Although you know, we don't know the future of Amabamadeli is still up in the air as well, isn't it? That, that's until we get into you know early September. We don't we don't really know. Anyway, talking about players that may or may not be integral, so. Kadan82 on Twitter asks, he says, whisper it quietly, but are we a better side without Pookie leading the line? In my view, it's wonderful seeing us playing with such a variety of options and not being grossly reliant on a number 10 sorcerer. Then again, bigger tests await. Fion, how could we possibly say that we look a more coherent side without Tima Pookie in it? Um, I think it's too early to say, but I will, I, I will say I don't feel like we missed him on Saturday specifically. And I did think at the end of last season that uh, it might be very upsetting to, to go to a game at Carrow Road and not, not have Pookie on the pitch. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I, th- I think, I mean, we'll, we'll miss We'll miss him sort of running through onto those sorts of balls that he always did. And um, I mean, some of the balls Gabby Sarah was playing on Saturday uh, would have would have been very nice to have Pookie running onto. Um, but yeah, too early to say for me. Tom? Uh, well, if we're going to talk about Pookie, uh, I want to call out the championship highlights on ITV4, uh, which, uh, you know, went downhill after Colin Murray was no longer on it. Um, most media outlets are worse when Colin Muller aren't on them anymore. But that, um, I mean, I thought it was shambles with uh, some poor production quality in, anyway. But uh, what particularly annoyed me was the voiceover of our three and a half seconds on our on our highlights, where the guy said, oh, now Poacher Pookie's no longer here. You know, who's going to get the goal? Poacher Pookie, what are you talking about? The guy scored all sorts of different kinds of goals, apart from his head. He, do- he doesn't score headers. Um, not from one. Um, you know, he is scored from so many different angles, incredible finisher to, to kind of write him off as poacher Pookie made me swear at my television. Um, so I just wanted to get that off my chest and I'd forgotten about it until now. So now I'm angry again at whoever that absolute laugher of a wannabe journalist is. Um, and what was the question? Pookie. No, uh, we, we don't miss Pookie at the age he was or in the style we were going to play. Um, I miss him as a human and I will always have, you know, I'll always wish that Pookie was up front for my team in the same way. I'll always wish that Grant Holt was up front for my team because, you know, there are people that you root for above and beyond formation and tactics. And, and Pookie is, is, is in that kind of hall of fame for me. Yeah. And I think you've just touched on the, the salient point around all of this. It's style of play, isn't it? He yeah. wouldn't fit right now and we do need two players that are going to press from the front and we definitely have those in in Sergeant and Barnes. Claire, what say you? I'd like to agree with with the poacher pookie thing. That was exactly my response as well. I yeah. yelled at the television. Um didn't swear though, I, keep it class here. <laughs> I don't know. Well also I was sat with my mum and dad, so no I didn't. Ah. Um, <laughs> um 
I was surprised how little I missed Timu. And I will just add the caveat, I love you, Timu, into that. Um, but I was surprised how little I missed him on Saturday. I think just he, it became evident at the end of last season that he just didn't really fit with the style of play that Wagner wanted us to play. Um, I think it was exciting to have two players up front that were quite interchangeable. They kept swapping positions. Um, they're athletic. They've got a lot more height. So we've got that added option of of going a bit longer. They're both good in the air. I think it just gives us more options. And I'm quite excited by that rather than having to try and play that three ball that Pookie thrived on and that we didn't really do enough for him since Emmy left, really. Um, I think it was almost getting quite sad to see him towards the end of last season because it just wasn't coming off. Um, so I'm, I'm not sad that he's not with I mean I'm sad that he's not with us anymore but I'm glad that he's he's moved on and that we can move on in a different direction to something that is going to work a lot better with the way that Wagner wants us to play so I'm quite excited not excited that team is not here but just that we've got something new up front that's different to what we've had for the last sort of four or five seasons um, a bit more interesting than we've had for a little while I think but yeah, I love you, Timmy. I just want to add that again. Should we have a couple more, Tom? And then we're done. Yes, please. Okay, so one more from Twitter. Norwich fan, Gegenricht, who's a regular Hi, questioner. Thank you. Um, are we becoming a Leeds feeder club? Fion. Just yeah, Barker, it's, Max, it's Ed Wooden, I, Sam I Byron, this, who's next? This is, the, this is the long-term karma, isn't it, from when we used to sing that? Yeah. Football, uh, football has a long memory. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it is a little bit galling to see him go there, but um, I'm I'm sort of happy that he, he you know, he, I'm happy for him because he and Fark obviously sort of clicked, didn't they? And, yeah. and I think we can probably say that Max's peak came in that era. Um, you know, I thought Max still had a, a good season last year, and I, you know, I wouldn't say he's diminished particularly but that you know that was his that was his breakthrough under him and uh you know the fuck sort of grew him as a player and yeah it's it, it's it sort of shows the strength of that relationship that he's going you know you, you know he's staying in the same division and and but sees that as a as a, a an improvement from here um so yes i'll say with gritted teeth good luck to him oh, blimey that's that's way more civil than I expected you to be. <laughs> Tom, get angry. Come on. I mean, you quite like Leeds, which annoys me all the time. Yeah, I quite like Leeds. I, I am pleased to see pleased to see him go to somewhere that I don't view as a step sideways with too much anger, if you see what I mean. Um I mean it's a step sideways in terms of division, but it, you know, they are they have the potential to be um, a really, really well-established Premier League club again. So it is logical that he could, you know, his goal is to to play international football for the seniors after playing, what is it, about 506 under-21 appearances. Um, and he, he needs to be in the Premier League if that's going to happen. And that is a, it, it is a slightly better bet. Also, I think there probably is an element of there is time. Like he has won two promotions with... With, with Norwich, he has experienced Premier League football with us. He has had a successful young international career with us. He's grown up into a man with us. You know, he's, he's into, um, you know, triple figures in terms of league appearances. Like, 
what else is he likely to achieve with Norwich? He's only at best likely to win the league at a canter again. That's sort of the best he could do with us. Whereas I think maybe Leeds could be a step towards getting back to the kinds of clubs that were talking about him maybe two, three years ago. So um, no, I, I, I don't begrudge it. And also just to, to Claire's point right at the start of the pod, um, it makes it ever so much easier that Jack Stacey looks so good Saturday. I mean, it's much easier mm. to be kind of uh, civil and be be the bigger man about it. Also, you know, Fark didn't come from us. Wooden didn't come from us. Byron uh, didn't come from us, as in, like, it's not like there's a fee or transfer or we were planning on giving him any game time this season. So, nah, they're no, they're no feeder club. Not to the extent that genuinely we took two or three of their best players at their peak, like, you know, f- directly from them. That, that was proper feeder club territory or B team, as I prefer to refer to them. Yeah. Resies. Yeah. yeah. Norwich Resies. Their rightful place. Claire, on a on a slightly different tangent, if you're Max, are you absolutely raging with your agent that the best move that you could have possibly got was Leeds when in the three or four seasons he's played in the championship, he's been either the best right back in the league or very close to being the best right back in the league? Like has how has he not had the move materialised that he probably really, really wanted? I think he he stayed with us probably two seasons too long is how he hasn't got the move he really wanted. Um, it was COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, and COVID. He probably I guess, would have yeah. moved if it wasn't for COVID. Like that, that he yeah, his, I mean, I, his yeah, peak was that that depressed transfer window. Yeah, yeah. I think after Farker left and he was horribly reined in by Dean Smith to the extent he wasn't allowed to cross the halfway line it made him look like he'd become a worse player, which he hasn't, he isn't, he just wasn't able to play in the way that played to his strengths. Um, But it must be pretty galling for him when he'd been linked with, was it Roma and, you know, various teams abroad. Barca. I mean, not sure if that was real, but yeah. No, it was real. It was definitely real. Barca. Um, and Premier League teams on the radar of some of the big teams to to go to Leeds, who I'm not so certain are going to find it easy to get back up this season. Um, I don't know how long-term your thoughts were there, John, but I don't think that they necessarily are nailed on prospect for promotion this season. They've got yeah, a lot of squad, squad problems. They've got a lot of injuries. I've been paying far too much attention to Leeds, obviously. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps popping up on my feed. I'm like, no, I don't want to read about this. <laughs> but, you know, they, they have, I think, Somerville's now injured and out. And, he, you know, they haven't got any strikers fit, I don't think. So I don't think it's going to be that easy for them this, this season. I think, and it might be a bit of a transition season with Farker like we had as well. Yeah. Um, so... I'm I'm happy in a way that he's going possibly going to be back with Daniel Farker but that alone the fact that they're at Leeds just still physically makes me feel sick so I don't want to think about it. Really. I think he'll score the winner on the 26th of August. No. They've got, they've got a game No, they've got a game coming up in East Anglia on the 26th of August oh, that and I think, Oh okay. Yeah, okay. I think I think yes, Max will score that, the winner that day. Fine. That's fine. But he can't play against us there needs to be some clause in the contract I'll just, I'll just look away I mean anytime the ball goes near him I'll just avert my eyes and just not look and, at him I mean, he, also, he'll just be to John anyway John won't have a clue who it is <laughs> it's fine, like, so my point was that Ben Gibson and Shane Duffy just look like 
like they're almost like mirror images of each other. Like Shane one's right foot, one's left foot. Yeah, D- a huge... Duffy, Duffy's a whole head bigger than he's Gibson. Massive. He's not and a whole. Gibson's like six three. Like it's yeah, only two he's head, inches. He's a head taller. He's a shoulder wider. He's he's the giant of a man. He I is a giant so of a man. Second half, uh, after Gibson had gone off in the second half, uh, Duffy played a dodgy ball back to um, Gunn and someone shouted a uh, fucking hell Gibson, even though he was sat on the bench. <laughs> was it behind you? I think, <laughs> I think it, it, the voice did come from behind me in the upper Barclay. There so, you go. Uh, I don't know if it, maybe it was you. Oh, I did dear. know it was Gibson that had gone off, but only because oh, that nice John Dan Wien or whoever, pumped. the announcer man. We, wait, should we have one more question? Done. Yeah, go on. There you go. Uh, ben Rollinson on Twitter. Oh, not on Twitter. He's on Instagram. He asks, Hi, will we see a Norwich no longer given such media expectation thrive under the radar? And I guess like we've always, like whenever we've done well, apart from maybe the championship season where we coasted it with Ollie Skip and Buendia and Dow, Campwell, Pookie, but like any other time we've done well, we've always flown under the radar ahead of time, haven't we, Fionn? Yeah, I think so, and I think it it probably helps our fans as well. Maybe that um, I thought, you know, I thought I thought the atmosphere was good on Saturday, uh, and maybe helped by expectations being a bit lowered. Um, I don't I don't know if that that meant that when we went one nil down, there wasn't there wasn't such a sort of you know what a disaster the season is over. Sort of you know actually everyone everyone could see what we were trying to do and and kept going behind the team and yeah. Um, just the, the the hype usually doesn't help, does it? So, um, it's I mean, it, the thing is, it's a league now with a lot of a lot of big names compared to last season. Um, you know, with the teams that have come down and uh, certain teams who have come up who uh, are self-appointed big teams. Um, and yeah, it's maybe it'll help us to just sort of sit in the middle a bit there. I think that's a good point about it, the atmosphere, and it certainly helped. I felt it helped with that. That was one of the first games I've had outside of being a Barclay lower regular. Claire, was that, you know, sat in the upper? Did you feel like the atmosphere was maybe significantly better than last season? I felt I felt like the drum really helped with that, actually. It kind of kept mm. it as a, as a relentless yeah. atmosphere throughout the game. Yeah, I think the real test was, was the whole goal. Um, we'd played really, really well up to that point and then silly mistake and the goal went in it would have been very easy for the fans to revert back to type to last season at that point but I was Mm. really really pleased that there was like a slightly strained burst of on the ball city after the goal but we did sing it and I thought okay that's positive there's not any booing or anything you know and then the team also on the pitch the way they reacted to the goal I think the whole the fans and the team it was like this is different to last season you know this isn't last season. It's like a, a whole new sort of clean slate. This is this is a new team. This is a new season. And I think that really shone through on Saturday, which was really, really positive. And, and one of my kind of favourite things to take away from the game was was the reaction of the fans to the goal. Um, and the drum definitely helped. Um, there, I think it was a good atmosphere anyway, but when there was just that little lull during the game, there was that period in the second half that, you know, um, Tom mentioned that, that nothing was really happening. It was all a little bit stagnant. And then the drum kind of kicked in again and the fans kept singing. And I know the whole fans were kind of taking the pee a little bit, but who cares? Because, you know, it, it it was a really good atmosphere and obviously helped by two late goals in the first half and the second half. 
um, which is always brilliant. So I think that really bodes well for the next game, um, the atmosphere in the next game as well. I think it's a lot more positive, a lot more positive. Yeah. Nice. Tom, over to you. Yeah, that was a, a, a very nice to do a pod that reflects back on uh, a win and the fact that we've got so much kind of clean slatery uh, and so much clean sheetery, although we didn't get a clean sheet, although uh, Angus deserved a clean sheet based on how brilliant his save was in the second half. So thank you very much, Claire, Fion and Punt for giving me your guarantees for Saturday. Looks like it's going to be a, a mixed bag in terms of from a prediction point of view, but I'm confident that we're going to come out on top and, and surprise a few people. And when I say come out on top, I mean get a well-deserved score draw. Enjoy the game. Mind how you go. <laughs>